I have tapes and they are hot, all quite ting ting, it's the start of the pod. My team's good and yours is not quite down ting ting, it's the start of Coming to you in a pre-recorded fashion from the league offices in sunny Upper Arlington, Ohio, I am CJ, and this is Don't Fear the Keeper. Joining me today, all the way from Cleveland, Ohio, the Sergeant of Sausage himself, Chuck Kesa. How are we doing today, Chuck? John, I've got a big problem. Uh-huh. I think I might be addicted to fantasy football trades. <laughs> I'm serious. Right. I'm serious when I say this. Okay. I think I agree with you, honestly. So, so I, I put a lot of thought in this today at, at work, and this is what I came up with. Now that I've won, I can really just play the monkeys off my back. I can just play fantasy football. The key word there being fantasy, okay? Right. I, th- I think the clock has struck midnight on me becoming an NFL front office executive at some point in my life. I think that shit might have sailed. I'm ready to call that. So this, yeah. is, this is my next best thing. It's why I, th- I thought about this. You know, when I say I only have joking when I say you're a fool, if you don't think there's always moves to be made, I genuinely think that there's always something to be done. And I am, I think you're right. I'm addicted to the chase. I think I, I got to the point where I just want to trade just, just to trade. Like I am just for the thrill, just for the thrill of being like, Oh, like, <laughs> like you identify a need. Then you got to work out like, okay, who fills that need? What do you have to offer? It's like, it's like, you know, it's, like, it's like real life GM. And I am addicted to that thrill. So um, anybody out there that's listening, uh, I am open for business. Please see. Here's the thing. It's, it's really tough when I initiate the trade. Cause I got to like work out all the details of, when someone sends me a trade, I'm like, oh man, I, I just gotta say, I just gotta say yes. I got new players, like, like something happens. Fantasy football, right there. Something happens. So uh, this is my calling to all. This is like the bat signal going up. Anybody, <laughs> let's make some trades. And I am dead serious. I just want to trade. Just for I, the hell of it. Sometimes if there's no, I'm gonna get any better. But I'm just like, you know what? There's trades to be made. Like new, new yeah. players. New players. It's just kind of shake things up, even though the season hasn't even started yet. That's my you, my point exactly. Let's get these wheels moving as soon as possible. I see you're enjoying the week before the or the two weeks really before the season actually starts, uh, relaxing and you know taking your mind off the game. I am going crazy waiting for the NFL season to start. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I'm picking up on those vibes a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you here. Yeah, but what's new with you, John? Anything? Uh, nothing much. We have Wi-Fi today. Uh, for those curious, we are we're back on the grid over here at the league offices. Uh, I would apologize for the uh, the disruption yesterday, but again, act of God, not on me, not on me. So yeah, anything to add there, Chuck? No comment. All right. Yeah, that's about right. Well, as we're all aware. We held the draft this past weekend, and I personally, I, I thought it was a, it was a pretty rousing success. Uh, what, what were your feelings, Chuck? Um, yeah, I agree. I think that uh, 
having nine of the ten members there, I think, was nice. Um, thanks to Ben, particularly, and Alex for making the making the trek down. Um, but I thought, all in all, I liked. I mean, I'll just keep going here. Um, I thought theme participation yeah. was outstanding. We had we had basically a hundred percent participation. Uh, ben, I would say it's the most half-assed participation of all time. Yeah. But I don't know if he did through, it se- through several degrees of separation. Ben also participated, so he did bring so a costume. There. The yes, the on theme or the them- the thematic qualities of his costume are questionable. Yes, but if you if you if you make several leaps of faith, Ben was Ben was in costume. So yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Mike, however, really built himself up here. Uh, he bought the tracksuit. He said he was going to wear it the whole time that we he was you know remotely drafting. And Chuck, I was thinking about this. I, I think Mike was legitimately more disappointing than the Rams in last year's Super Bowl. I've never seen a nuclear bomb explode mm-hmm. but but i have to imagine it's something very similar to mike's stunt this weekend <laughs> you have all you, you have all this lead up the biggest amount of hype you're, you're gonna drop this bomb and you don't know what to expect and then it explodes in a big cloud of dust and smoke and then there's nothing left and there's nothing to show for it that is Mike Long's 2019 fantasy kickoff right there. Yeah, no, I, I pretty much agree with you. I uh, I mean, so we were discussing this, Charlie and I were, whether or not Mike is on the uh, the relegation chopping block. It, and I am dead serious when I say we, we have some questions to answer here. Oh, yeah. No, I don't disagree with you there. I think he's on the chopping block. Now, that being said, if Mike comes out, and Mike, you know, actually participates in the league. If Mike's like, you know, really, he's engaged the whole season, then yeah, he's going to be fine. But if, you know, we auto-draft for him and then Mike just sort of goes through the whole season on cruise control, yeah, we might start looking at other areas for uh, for some improvement. I'll tell you what. Mike, um, besides – Mike doesn't have very many qualities being a balding Asian man. Um but one of his best qualities keeping him in the league is how bad he is actually at fantasy football. Because yeah. every every league needs a guy like that. Mike's going to show up, or not show up in this case, but he'll just be very bad. And there's a good chance that at the end of the league, someone get, at the end of the year, someone gets free 75 bucks out of Mike. So that, that's honestly Mike's biggest positive right now. Is how, is, is big. Mike's negative is his biggest positive Mike is right the now. floor of the league, essentially, is what you're saying. Is that That's what's keeping him around. Exactly. You need exactly. to know where the floor is. Mike, Mike, yeah, you need something to, to set your standards off of. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with it. But, yeah, I, I really just think that if, if Mike pulls this stunt again next year, especially, uh, there might be repercussions here. That I, I mean, we moved the draft for him. Uh, the first time was kind of him and Colin, but the second time was moving it from three to four was specifically so that we might get a chance at having Mike. But yeah, no, he he just went dark for like for like for, twelve hours for also said. like three days. Then like you know, yeah, that's a good as longer than twelve hours. He like just came back into the world. Apparently, I think a deliverance thing legitimately. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, no, I, well, 
Okay, that aside, that aside, great job to everybody on the uh, the theme. We're going to get a little bit more on that later. But uh, for now, Chuck, uh, I think we wanted to go through the keepers. I think pretty much everyone did what we thought they were going to do with the keepers, with one notable exception, that being Mike keeping Will Lutz. And again, he texted me. He texted me this pick. I texted him a couple hours before and said, if you can't make it, you got to text me your keeper now so that I know what to put up there. And he just texted me one word and it was Lutz. And that was the last that I heard from Mike until like yesterday. Yeah. The keepers were definitely interesting. So I don't know how long everybody else has been playing fantasy football. I've been playing. It's just probably my 10th year or so playing. And I've done everything from auction drafts to snake drafts to, Two quarterbacks, a super flex, two quarterbacks and a super flex, no tight end. I've done pretty much every combination of drafting and rosters out there. Never done a keeper league. This was also my first year with a league where there was legitimate keepers. Um, So it was an interesting wrinkle for me as well. It was fun to figure out. But, yeah, there was no big surprises. Um, I mean, as evidenced by the fact that half the keepers that were thrown up there, the person making them only said, you know, and I knew. I was very much aware. Yeah, that's fair. I think part of that was because, like I said, for, like for me, um, I had like an early pick keeper and a late pick keeper. Yeah, you had two. Most people, like, most people really only had one, maybe a second guy they, that was even worth um, a keeper. Um, I'm actually I'm more surprised that everybody chose someone. To keep, like I thought for sure, someone would be like, "I don't want to keep anybody." Like, let's just like Mike. Let's just draft like Mike. Yeah. Like, for example, instead of Kevin Will Lutz, but like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't need to keep anybody. Yeah, I mean, and kudos to everyone for deciding to come back around on it and sticking to it, and apparently drafting well enough that everyone had at least one guy. I'm interested to see who's going to be the first person as we move through this process to pull out and say. I don't want to keep anybody. I'm just going to nuke last year's draft and start from scratch. Uh, and there's, there's obvious things like, like you know, it, it depends on like, trades. Like for example, me, like Kareem Hunt would have obviously been a huge keeper second round, but you know, circumstances yeah. happened. So, so like stuff like that will always happen. I think eventually someone will be like, no, I don't have any good keepers because of suspensions or injuries or, or whatever. Yeah. Well, and, and we'll see that play out. I'm sure as time goes on. But, okay, so uh, now, Chuck, I understand that you have a few notes from the proceedings that you want to share with the people. Yeah, my first point, um, what the fuck, John? Why was the draft Why was the draft before the third preseason game? I'm, I'm just saying, there's one time in the preseason where good players can get hurt, and lo and behold, you picked the week where a guy retired and a guy tore his ACL. So, nice job, John. To be fair... This was the only week that we, this was the latest we could have done it. Genuinely, unless we wanted to do an online draft, which no one wants to do. We, we had to get Colin and Garrison and Brian all are going to be gone this week. Zach's going to be off the grid. Uh, Mike was going to be in an airport, I think, attempting to draft. It, it just, it would not have worked if we had done it this upcoming weekend. So it had to be last weekend. That being said, I am not blind to what has happened. <laughs> the pretty incredible number of, shit that went down like within two hours of our not just like the day after two hours was all it took for just everything to go fucking haywire so if we can 
afford it next year, we're going to push it to the fourth week of the preseason, as long as that's not going to like, you well, know, which really is, fuck with which them. is always Labor Day weekend. So let's just, you know, Labor Day weekend. That's when the preseason ends is that's always the last week. Yeah, the first, it always is. But the fir- yeah, it also, just, and it coincides with the first week of actual college football. Yeah, which would be a good reason to get so, together. So, so it's a whole, you know, it's more than just a draft. It's a whole experience of the weekend, potentially. It is. It is. Uh, okay. Is, but, is, right. is that your only note? No, I, don't, I had other notes. A um, couple things. Um, John, I noticed you only printed out one copy of the bylaws. Um, where's yeah. my copy, John? Where's my hard copy that everyone deserves to have? That hard copy that everyone threw out right after they signed it? Um. That's their their prerogative, John. I didn't realize you were – this was a league of not having choices. No, it it is not a league of – if it's never been a league of having choices unless I decide to give them to you. No, this is a league where I have the signed copy full of everyone's assorted uh, names here. I'll just read out – it's sitting right next to me here. I can just read out some of the names. Great, great members signed this like like Jack Meehoff. Great guy, that Jack. Uh, Mike Hawk. (laughs) Fantastic guy. Um, yeah, Tits McGee, Dan Gleesack, uh, Colin Levis, all really great people. So, yeah, now I, I'm glad that they all signed, and I'm glad that we have that in one specific location rather than having most of them in the garbage can. Two things. Shout out Garrison and whoever's else on the couch. Garrison, I think Zach maybe was on the couch over there. Uh, um, Brian. And Brian for, for starting that. And then also shout, equally shout out Colin. For not noticing, for not noticing it at all. Yeah, Alex and his like eighteen loop signature. Yeah. yeah, but all great people. That Jack Mehoff is is a he's a great guy. Okay, uh, so that was one thing. Point number two, um, Jay, you seemed to kind of struggle with the sheets. Your stickers per minute was 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 fa- was fairly low to the point where like the guy before me would pick, and I would like knew that I had almost two minutes to draft because it's going to take you at least 45 seconds to put the sticker on the board. It was not 45 seconds. It was, pre- say, it was pretty long. Not having a table was a bit of a pain in the ass. Like I should have brought a table or like a folding table or something down there because having to go down to the ground to sort of sift through those assorted – it just – it didn't work out as well as I'd hoped it would. I I was all- go ahead. Please. I was also wondering if you noticed, but before the when I noticed, I went downstairs to get something, and mm-hmm. I noticed you had all the draft supplies down there, and I took yeah. the liberty of taking all of the sheets out of alphabetical order. You motherfucker! I <laughs> for, for damn, the it, I noticed that, and I thought it was me. Fuck. I, I figured I was like, let's put a little wrinkle into the draft here. So I, yeah, I, I rearranged all the sheets uh, by position, so that's why they weren't in order. That's why the first pick. Brian picked Zeke and I like went for the running back pile expecting for him to be on the first page and he just wasn't there. I was like, what the fuck? And then I had to, you know, I had to recover, which I did, but God damn it. I, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Now. Yeah. No, so that was, so you're welcome for that. That's a little, just a little hijinks there. Um, yeah, little intercommissioner, you know, uh, uh, fooling around. Yeah. Um, other thing else, Brian seemed to take up the mantle here and was unprepared. For every time it came back to him. I made a comment on this several times. It would come to Brian. He'd be like, okay, hold on. Let me check. Like, he had no idea 
what what was on the rundown here. So Yeah. I thought at first and I was giving him a little extra time because I thought he was well, he didn't wind up needing it, but I was going to because I thought he was filling out the like auto or the remote drafting Google sheet. So I thought he was catching up with the picks. So I was gonna give him some leeway. And then I checked the sheet after. Brian stopped in like the beginning of the second round. So Brian it was just unprepared. That's all. Oh, so yeah, prepared. so he was just being an idiot. Classic. Yeah. Um Alex folded just uh, we'll get back, we'll get to Alex later, but we will. But what starting in starting in early, right? What are you doing? Um John, I don't know if you'll ever live down the, the misspelling of the word feral. Yeah, that was tough. It's not like you had an E. You weren't even close. So, I mean. I don't know why I thought it was like that. I asked the question about the R's, too. Yeah, like, you, <laughs> you, so you, you, you're like one R or two. We're like, one. You're like, oh, I got this. <laughs> yeah, you weren't even close. <laughs> That's Yeah, think about it. I could have spelled it with two R's as well. So, I'm yeah. glad that I at least checked on that. And uh, you, your, your, your post-draft draft grades were questionable that's this is all i have question in what way i did exactly what you did but yours my at least had a rhyme or reason to it like i would i would shit on every pick and then give like a c minus you're like bad 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 a minus i'll be like, okay john let's let's back up yeah i i varied i var- there was a couple c's a couple b's mike got oh, an f yeah, oh that, I, 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 wrote, I wrote down what you did and from what you wrote I down after when I just spitballed them back at you because I didn't remember. That's fair, but continue. <laughs> that, that's all my notes from the draft. Okay, well, that's great. Well, speaking of draft grades, let's just dive right in, Chuck. We are going to grade, the two of us are going to go through and grade everybody's drafts. Uh, I'm going to allow Charlie to also grade along with me, though he did not permit me to grade that, last year. That is correct. John gave me his first grade, and I immediately said, John, I didn't ask for your draft grades. You'll just listen to what I have to say last that time. That's exactly so, how it went. That's how it went down. So, <laughs> so yeah, I graciously am allowing Charlie to also uh, you know, grade along with me here. His opinion just counts for a lot, Leos. That's all that's changing here. Okay, so starting off, we're going to just go in order here. Uh, we're going to start with Brian. Uh, I think Brian's top four picks were really good. If Zeke plays, obviously that's a big question mark right now, but it, assuming he does sign that contract within the first couple weeks, at least, I think that's going to be a really good top four. I think Vance McDonald is going to be a really solid at the tight end spot because they have a, you know, kind of a dearth of targets with a B gone over there. And uh, his mid round picks were okay. Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, Calvin Ridley. Those are all guys that might pan out. I don't know if they will, but I think the biggest thing for me right now is that he handcuffed himself with Tony Pollard. So hopefully he will get some points out of the Cowboys backfield either way. So I'm going to give Brian a B plus on this one. What about you, Chuck? So I gave Brian a C minus with B upside. What I mean by that, what I mean by that is, is as of right now, Zeke is not playing. I assume he will, but that's a huge blow to Brian's draft. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't happen. And I think there's legit. I'll get to this later, but I think there's legitimate question marks about um, Dalvin Cook and j- just the Vikings, kind of in general. Um, yeah. Kirk Cousins was not great last year. This is kind of the Vikings' make or break year, so we will see how they go. That's why I said Z. So without Zeke, I think he's got like a C minus. I don't know where he's going to get his points from, but I think he's got legitimate B upside. If, like you said, those guys like Landry 
and all that pan out. Josh Gordon's, I think, could be a great late round pick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's why. So that's why I give Brian that. It that I think that's fair. I think yeah, we operate on other sides of the spectrum. I I looked at him as a B plus, assuming that Zeke is going to play. You looked at it as a C minus, assuming that he won't, which is fair. I yes, think that that's exactly. that's a good range for what Brian's draft could be, which is pretty that's much fair. the whole range. But whatever. Uh, all right, moving on to Zach. Uh, so I don't like Le'Veon at two. I think that Le'Veon at two was a bad decision on his part. I think that he could have gotten another guy. He could have gotten somebody more solid. Le'Veon Bell is going to a Jets team that is not great. Uh, I don't know that that's going to be a... I think he'll be a set focal point of the offense, but Le'Veon at two felt like a reach for me there. Uh, Josh Jacobs and uh, the Juice as Zach referred to him, uh, Darius Geese, Geese, I'm going to say Geese. They're big risks. Uh, it's, it, do, you, do you know how to say his actual name? I'm not 100% sure, no. It's what is it? Geese is how you Geis. say it. Okay, all right, Geese then. Um, so they're both big risks. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a rookie, so Geese effectively is a rookie. He sat out all last year with an injury. I don't know if you know he's going to be what they thought he was going to be when he drafted him. Uh, Fuller is going to be useless if the Texans actually trade for that wide receiver that they wanted. I think Duke Johnson saves his draft here because of the injury to Lamar Miller that happened a couple hours later. If if that doesn't happen, I think that Zach has a much worse draft, but I'm giving him a C for this one in that context. Yeah, so I gave Zach a, a C plus um, because I think that I happen to think that the Duke Johnson thing is a huge game changer for him now. It is. Uh, I, I would say, though, I think you saw the effect of keepers first and foremost when he took had to take Keaton Allen in the second round as the best kind of remaining receiver. I think that's yeah. where you finally saw keepers come into play. Um, I like Josh Jacobs, but like I said, Zach is a team of question marks. Mm-hmm. What is Le'Veon Bell going to do? Personally, for me, if I was where Zach was with the what, who was on the board, I would have taken David Johnson second overall. That's I'm pretty high on the on David Johnson this year. Uh, but yeah, I think Zach's going to be okay. I think Cooper Cup you know, is an interesting one. Kareem Hunt will be his big X factor late in the year too. So yeah, that's why that's I gave him true. a C plus because you got a lot of guys that could go either way. Um, so he's right in the middle, basically. Yeah, that, and that's yeah, I agree completely. All right, moving on to Paul. Uh, so obviously, we're going to evaluate this in the context of T.Y. Hilton no longer has Andrew Luck throwing it to him. So that hurts Paul's draft right here. Uh, he's not going to be probably the wide receiver two that Paul thought he was going to be. I think Paul probably hoped that he could be a wide receiver one if things went well. That's not going to happen. Uh, and then Damian Williams, Marlon Mack, Philip Lindsay, those are three guys that might be in a committee or, you know, might really not be the focal points of their offenses. Uh, AJ Green, Cam Newton, both of those guys are already hurt. Uh, and then Eckler and uh, I think James Washington could be some sleepers late that might be able to give him some upside here. But, uh, you know, it's just too early to call. I think Eckler's the more sure thing there. But I think I got to give Paul a C minus. I don't think this was a good draft out of him. So I gave Paul a C plus with B plus upside. You're big on the two draft. Fit, uh, so I, I, I did, I did that for three people and it was okay. the ones with major things would happen. Like Paul being Andrew Locke. Yeah. And then the other two people have holdouts. So Alex is my last one. I did that with, but anyway, so I gave, so 
basically, um, I really like Kamara. And like I said, he's got a lot of unproven. Basically, Hilton now is unproven because of Brissett. Marlon Mack is unproven. You don't know what's going to happen. But you got like AJ Green, who's he's hurt right now. The Bengals will be bad, but he's such a good player that you don't know what, you know, he's going to look like. He could be a great player. And also like Mike Evans, like you said, Austin Eckler, these guys where they're on bad teams, but not Eckler, Eckler's not, but they have huge upside. You know, if, if Melvin Gordon turns into an excited holdout, Eckler could be a great, you know, absolute pick. So I gave Paul a C plus with B plus upside. I think Hilton is good enough that he'll be able to sort of weather. I think he'll be okay. The perce- it, you know, I don't know what the Colts receiving core looks like. I'll be honest with you. No, but if, if I was the Colts, if I was the Colts, I would throw him into the slot and be like, "All right, let's get you guys some passes over the middle. Let's get some short yeah. stuff. Put him in short space. Stuff, you know? Let him run. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they can go downfield. Um, but no, we, but percent, like I said. No. We don't know what the Colts offense is going to look like. Maybe Brissett is better than we thought. He's getting all the reps of the ones in training camp, so he's been playing with them for a while. So and he's so we done shall this see. before too. He's this, this is, is true. Not his first rodeo. Well, okay, yeah, I, I think yeah. So we're I'm just giving basing this off your low grade. So we're pretty close on all these. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, all right, Mike. As we said before, Mike's getting an F for this one because uh, Mike did not show up and Mike didn't participate. So Mike himself got an F. The computer, or the auto-draft protocol, I guess, ESPN, I guess, is really who was making his picks. They get a B. I think that gets a B. I think Mike had some really solid early rounds. Uh, Sterling Shepard could be big. I don't think he has a lot of sleepers, but he's got a really solid team. Like, those first six, seven picks are all really solid. So I like Mike's, or the auto-drafts draft. Mike, yes. however, yeah, hard F. Um, Two comments on this. One... I mean, I think Mike is evidenced by I think so. I think Mike. I think the auto draft benefited Mike because of where he was yeah. in the in the order. He was early enough where having the where there was still really good running backs available. If Mike was tenth, and we had to auto draft him. Yeah, he's it does not look good. So yeah, he's getting um, Nick Chubb in the first at that point. Yeah, or I mean, you don't know what you know. You don't know what would have happened then. Keepers would have changed and all this stuff. So that's true. Um, so, yeah, so this thing, um, I gave Mike a B minus because if you look closely, Mike's running back two and wide receiver two are both playing for the for the Detroit Lions. Who? Yeah. Get I me mean, get ready because they're probably going to win like six or seven games that like they always do. So yeah, get ready for that. You don't know what you know what they're you don't know what they're going to look like week in week out. And also. I think Antonio Brown's going to be fine with the Raiders, but as we've kind of seen. You don't know. You really don't know with the Raiders. So that's why I gave him a B minus. I think he's got enough talent late where, you know, he's got some value. But, yeah, that's why I gave him a B minus. Okay. I think I think that's fair. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to see, and we'll get to this later, but we'll see if there are lasting effects for Mike's auto draft here. Um, yes. Well, okay. So now let's get on to Alex. Pick number five. So, Alex, I'm giving a D minus. I'm just going to say it up front. I'm only not giving him an F because I want Mike's F to be a little bit more biting. But, I mean, Gurley and Gordon, Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon have huge question marks, like bigger than everybody else's combined. Todd Gurley could literally not play this whole year. 
or halfway through the year if he gets hurt again. Melvin Gordon probably is not going to play. And those are two of Alex's top four picks. Uh, I I think they, you know, if they play and they play well, maybe Alex has a, a really good team in his hands. Maybe this is a B draft looking back. But uh, I saw it as a D plus when the draft ended. Then Luck got hurt, or not got hurt. He, Luck fucking retired. Retired. <laughs> yeah, I think the only two picks that I really like at Alex's whole draft are Michael Thomas and Hunter Henry. I think those two guys will be good. Everything else to me just seems like a mistake. He might legitimately be starting. Who would he even have? He'd have Naheem Hines and Mark Ingram. Would, could be his running backs by like week could, three. Could, so I have a slightly different take on this. Um, okay. I gave Alex a... D with C minus upside, meaning if Melvin Gordon comes back, which by the way, talk about freezing cold takes, my Melvin Gordon versus yeah. Zeke, who's going to play first thing. Oof. Looking like it's complete opposite right now. All we've heard is bad things coming out of the chargers with Melvin Gordon situation. But if he plays steal in the fourth round. Oh yeah. Personally for me, I think the Mark Ingram pick might've saved Alex's draft like I think Mark Ingram on the Ravens he's going to be the starting back you really don't know what their offense is going to look like with Lamar Jackson now it's a mystery but it it could be a very dynamic offense where Ingram can get a lot of little short catches little things we'll get the ball in space and stuff like that I think his worst pick is Bob Woods in the third round that was for for this reason that is not his worst pick. You know what his worst pick is. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yes. The, the worst pick is Zerline in the was it the seventh round. <laughs> Second worst but, pick is Bob Woods, though. Yeah. Yeah, but but because you think I think the Rams' offense is going to look distinctly different this year for a couple reasons. One, I think they realize that they only have to win maybe nine or ten games to win, to win their division. Yeah. And two, the, the health of Todd Gurley is a big question mark. I think they're going to really have to change their offense to sort of, you know, help facilitate him being okay. And Woods is, I guess they're number two, but really number three, really the number three because Cup out of the slot is probably where they go to first. Depending on if Cup is healthy, though. Yes, that's true. So that's why, so I get Alex a D with upside because Melvin Gordon could play and really help him out. Oh, yeah, I agree. And that's, yeah, I think this could be a B looking back but i gotta say don't feel good about it right now okay moving on to ben ben hood came back storming i think ben hood actually participated in uh or ben hood planned ben uh was aware now that you're allowed to use uh wi-fi to like actually like look up players which he didn't know last year apparently (laughs) so interesting yeah but he knew it this year so and it showed uh, I don't love Ben's running backs. Uh, I think Joe Mixon is going to be a part of a pretty bad defense for Cincinnati. Uh, and Chris Carson, I just don't trust the Seahawks backfield. They're too much of a committee there for my taste. Uh, but Hill and Diggs are really good. OJ Howard, Aaron Rodgers are good. David Montgomery could save his uh, running back core. The uh, Bears. Yeah. For the, the Bears are probably going to be leaning on him pretty well because their passing game's pretty shitty dj Moore is a really good pick so is robbie anderson deshaun jackson adrian peterson that stretch there is great and i think that bumps ben up i'm giving ben a b minus for this draft and uh in a real comeback performance here 
So I gave Ben a C. And this is the reason this is the reason why. Cincinnati is going to be bad this year. And and I mean I, I think bad. They're st- I think two of their starting offensive linemen have gotten hurt in the offseason. I don't know. I think their offensive line's gonna be god awful. So I think Joe Mixon's gonna real I think we could see a Todd Gurley year two type of thing here where you're like, what is this guy doing? Where you see a huge drop off, not because the player is not talented, but because the team around him and situation is just falling apart. It's similar to you, Chris Carson, stay healthy. I mean, the C- people are out on the Seahawks this year already. Yeah. Which is kind of which is kind of surprising to me. It's impressive, um, really. Yeah, I don't love OJ Howard. I mean they still have Cameron Brait too. They still have him in, in I Tampa. Have absolutely no idea. But I, you know, I, when, when it's a huge question mark. But yeah, I agree with you. I think the back half of his draft, you know, could see some players. Washington, Adrian Pearson's going to be in a huge committee, so I think that's questionable. And Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, him. They still have Jerick McKinnon, so that could be interesting. Yeah, he's not you see, play much. see so what you could be. Also, he could be the guy that comes out of. He could. There. Like I said, so there's going to be – this happened last year with Philip Lindsay. Uh, it happened with Matt Breida. But there's going to be that that one guy where the undrafted rookie or the dude that's like third on the depth chart that comes out of week one and all of a sudden is the starter. You know? Yeah. So, so I, I, Ben got some guys here that were like, oh, he could be the starter all of a sudden. So I gave him a C. I don't love any pick particularly, but I don't think he blew it anywhere. <laughs> not like last year. No, not like last year. Okay. Uh, well, moving on, uh, we're going to get to Colin. Uh, Colin, I-, I said this right after the draft, and it still holds up now. I like Colin's draft a lot. He stole several picks that I wanted right behind him. Uh, I really wanted DeAndre Hopkins. I liked Aaron Jones as well. I probably would have taken both those guys had they fallen to me one pick later. Uh, he doesn't have a great wide receiver too right now. I mean, he's going to be relying on Lockett or Godwin or Christian Kirk. Like none of those guys are actually going to be solid, consistent starters for him. He's going to have to move that around and maybe manage his way into it, but I don't know. Uh, Kittle's going to make up for a little bit of that just because he did snag one of the top tight ends. And I think Cohen and Henderson, both are going to have some huge upside, especially if, Todd Gurley goes down. Henderson could find himself as the starting running back for the Rams, or at least he's going to get a decent number of touches if that knee keeps bugging him. So, uh, I mean, I think that Colin had arguably the best draft here. Uh, so, yeah, I'm giving him an A. I gave Colin a B plus mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. One, um, Aaron Jones is the starter in Green Bay, had a great back half of last year, but is – so did Jamal Williams, essentially. There, there's a couple guys there. The Packers could be a team, but they might throw the ball like a thousand times a game, and then just Aaron Jones just gets no targets and stuff like that. Um, and Nick Chubb, there's this – I mean – Nick Chubb could very well be worthless from a fantasy standpoint after week 10. From week Maybe. 10 on, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a halfway decent chance that – maybe not worthless, but not running back one for sure. I think there's, there's a, a halfway decent chance that that happens. Um, like you said, he, 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 
receivers are not great after Hopkins. And then also, you know, James White, I think, is his biggest X factor. Yeah. Being that you know, James White was great last year because he just, like, caught, like, 15 passes a game. It was just, was, you know. Yeah, he was Brady's guy. Yeah, there's been uh, a lot of talk now that the Packers, it's not the Patriots, the Packers Patriots are really trying to get Sonny Michelle into the passing game because last year it was pretty obvious if Michelle was on the field, there was a run. If White was on the field, it was a pass. Yeah, telegraphed um, a little bit there. So you don't, you see, you know, if James White, what he's going to look like this year. So that's why I gave him a B plus. I think I agree. I think he's got some great guys, but you know, late in the year, uh, he could be like a Zach situation or something. Where late in the year, all of a sudden your team just falls apart because guys aren't being used. Yeah, and it, Nick Chubb more than most definitely. Yes. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, CJ myself. Uh, I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. I gave myself an A plus here. I walked in there and I fucking executed. I had my draft plan down a lot more than I have in the past couple years to the point that I felt very confident making all my picks. I think there's really only one guy that I didn't like have written down on my sheet to take. That was Ronald Jones. Uh, I think my top four are really solid as long as Leonard Fournette stays actually in the starting lineup. Uh, and I think I have some pretty solid sleepers with Curtis Samuel. Uh, you got Miles Sanders. Golden Tate's going to come back from suspension at some point and be a, the top receiver in New York. So, yeah, I, I think this is an easy A+. Um, I love the Adams pick. I love, I, think the, I think, like I said, the McCaffrey pick might have been the best keeper we had. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I like Fournette. I've always been a Fournette guy. Um it will be a big question if you can stay healthy. I don't like your draft after that. Uh, Edelman, I think people are very high in Edelman this year. Let's pump the brakes and see what the Patriots look at. They're going to be good, but you know Edelman has benefited from the fact that they put him in the slot. He catches 18 passes a game for like 15 yards, and that's what we do. Um, I don't like it. Yeah, that's true. We'll see if he does happen again. But, like, Ingram, I don't love Ingram at tight end. I don't love Boyd after Green comes back. I don't really care about the rest of the guys you have. I don't think they're very, I don't think they're very good. Um, I gave you a B- minus because I love your top three. Okay. That salvages me. Charlie, I'm really excited for you to just see how wrong you are as this season plays out. That's going to be great. Oh. Well, now let's move on and let's uh, evaluate you here, Chuck. Uh, so I think your top two are fantastic. Saquon and Julio, Julio Jones has been just nothing but consistent. Saquon is again, going to be like the focal point of that offense. And, uh, from what I understand, they're actually going to try to involve Saquon even more in the passing game this year than they did last year. They might even have him lining up a wide receiver. Some of the time you pointed this out Devontae Freeman, I think is going to be solid after that. I think you have some question marks. I do Amari Cooper could get back to a point where he's this unreal wide receiver one type of guy or Dak Prescott could struggle to get the ball to him at all. Alshon Jeffries maybe over the hill. We got to see how Carson Wentz handles him. Matt Ryan's going to be good. And then you got a lot of guys that are second tier receivers or running backs. I think the Lamar Miller, Allen Robinson, LaShawn McCoy triplet is really tough for you. Uh, so I'm going to give you all in all a, a C plus here. Uh, I gave myself a B plus. Okay. 
And normally, like, you know, I gave myself an A plus every year, but I think I gave because I left myself some work to do. I will put my top five players, and by that I mean Matt Ryan, Barkley, Freeman, Julio Jones, and Amari Cooper up against anybody's. I've got faith in all those guys. As Brian pointed out later, the Falcons play basically every game in a dome this year, which is outstanding. I did, I did, I, I did not know that at the time of drafting. I'll be honest with you. So I'll put that top five up against anybody's top five. I am confident in all those guys. I've always been a Devontae Freeman guy. I've always liked them. I've always been a Falcons guy. Matt Ryan's my boy. Uh, and basically for that point, I need to figure out my tight end. I have a flag. I don't have really any depth at running back. I don't love my running back depth. But this is kind of where I'm at. So I had Eric Ebron, the Angel retired. And I decided to replace him with Mr. Glassbone, the paper skin, Jordan Reed. I know what you're thinking. And yes, J- Jordan Reed is already hurt. He has a concussion. <laughs> he he might not play week one, but that's a very that's a very low risk, high reward pickup for me. Jordan yeah. Reed, I think when he's healthy, is a top f- for sure top ten, potentially top five tight end. Um, if he's healthy, though, so that's the biggest if out there. In between Alshon Jeffrey, you know, while he's in Philly, he is there. One, he's going to get he is. Wide, wide receiver one targets. There's also rumors of him being involved potentially in a clowny trade. There's been talk of that. On Houston, that would be interesting. He becomes the two, but DeAndre Hopkins re- requires a lot of attention. So that could open stuff up for him even more. And then between Mike Williams, Allen Robinson, I've signed um, for Lamar Miller, uh, uh, Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. Um, those are three guys where they're basically all like breakout candidates. They're fringe flexes right now with huge breakout potential in either U2 with their team or in the case of like Mike Williams, the Chargers no longer have Tyrell Williams. So he moves up a spot on the chart. It could be a huge breakout candidate. I really need one of those guys to work out maybe a second and then I can make trades for another running back or I can fill out some wide receiver depth and stuff like that. So I like where I'm at going forward. Like I said, I'll put myself, my top five up against anybody's, but I will acknowledge, you know, I've got to figure out my tight end, got to figure out my flex. You heard it here first folks. Uh, Charlie case officially looking to trade for depth. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next or last pick. Uh, We got Gary here. Gary, I think, actually had the most improved draft between year one and year two. Uh, ben, and also, also, e- also easy to tell that because he was drafted in the same spot in same both exact years. Spot. Yeah. I also know that he did well because last year he was by far the worst draft, and this year, a lot better, a lot better. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying Connor, OBJ, Juju, Ertz. Those are all going to be consistent scores for him. Those are guys you leave in your lineup every week, and they're going to be just fine. Uh, you got Baker, uh, you got Tevin Coleman, D.D. Westbrook, maybe even. You know, those are all guys that might be able to break out. Derrick Henry, I have some questions about. But my biggest question for Garrison is, why the fuck do you keep drafting two tight ends? It makes no sense. Two tight ends is just not necessary. You can find Austin Hooper probably would have been on the goddamn waiver wire. But he did it anyway. So uh, I'm giving him a B plus. Uh, I think he did a really good job here besides that glaring what the fuck moment. But yeah, B plus. 
Um, I gave him a B. I think he's got a great starting lineup. I like the starting lineup he can put out. But my thing with Garrison is that, kind of similar to me, if but even more so because he's got no receivers, if one guy in his lineup gets hurt or something happens, he's got nobody off the bench to really fill the void. No. So I think he leaves himself very vulnerable. That's why I gave him a B. But I said I like the guys. I may try to trade him for OBJ because Browns. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I, I I like all the guys. I like I like his starters. But yeah, he's at no depth. I think at any position really, um, which could which could come back to hurt him later. Good. It could. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. You got all of Charlie and I's. Draft grades. Uh, we're going to move into our segment right now, but before that, we're going to stop for just one quick ad. Today's episode of Don't Fear the Keeper is brought to you by Ben's first round pick. If you ever feel that your team could lose a boost or you're off to a hot start and want to cement your position in the upper echelon of the league, Ben's first round pick is perfect for you. The best part is it's almost free. Ben's first round pick is currently offering a discount on Joe Mixon. So text Eight five six nine zero five two five five zero with promo code DEPTH to receive your elite running back today. Ben's first round pick, destroying league parity since 2017. While supplies last, discount not available to residents of Alaska and Hawaii. Ben's first round pick is not responsible for any poor performances by Joe Mixon, which may lead to lost matches. Okay. So, uh, Charlie, we got a couple of awards that we're going to give out this year. Uh, this could be the first year that we give out, you know, a few awards for uh, some some honorable mentions uh, from the, the night of the actual draft. So, mm-hmm. first up, uh, we're going to do the Alex Avila Best Dressed Award uh, that is named for Alex, not because he was best dressed uh, during the draft, but because he was the best dressed during the, the league dinner when he looked like a fucking hitman. That's true. So, uh, all right. I think, you know, let's debate this out a little bit here, Chuck, but I think I want to give it to Gary. Uh, the inclusion of a real, actual pistol, like a revolver, in his costume took it to the next level, and that kind of attention to detail really deserves to be celebrated. Um, That's fair. I don't think it was Gary. I think, I think there's three finalists. Okay. I think Alex was a finalist. I think Gary was a finalist. I think myself was a finalist. Mm-hmm. The reason that the so you say the reason that I don't think it's Gary is because for one, um, if it had been a snub nose revolver or something <laughs> small, then I'm okay. We we weren't cowboys out there, yeah. Gary said. We were, you know, that was a little. It was great effort, but little the piece was a little little mistiming on the piece. There. A little large. Um, I personally think so, the reason I, I'm a fan is because I think. The jumpsuit, the tracksuit with the gold chain and the slick back hair, I think put a full thing together. But I give it to Alex for the Alex Avila Best Dressed Award because he took the theme and brought it to a whole different, like, area. That's true. And also, like, he was basically like, the draft has to be inside <laughs> and in your base because I'm going to be basically <laughs> naked basically the entire naked. time. So that's why I give it to Alex. I think it was him. I, I But I loved the effort across the board there. Um, the last place is Zach for the cotton in his goddamn mouth. <laughs> next he time choke, choke on, he was, but next time choke on it and die, Zach. Okay, I, I'm gonna give that to you. I think you're right, Alex. Alex deserves it. All right, we're gonna give Alex Avila receives the Alex Avila Best Dressed Award. Next up, yes. uh, Charlie, you gave me this idea. Uh, this is gonna be the Brian Easterling Who Won the Draft Award. 
named for Brian's penchant for declaring that someone won the draft with a late round pick. Uh, Charlie, who you got here? So are we picking overall draft or best late round pick? Best late round pick. Okay. Then that by far and away is Zach because okay. at the time it was not, I think it was an okay pick, but Lamar Miller blown out his ACL in the third preseason game. Like I called, um, cause Patrick hurt in third in the third preseason game really elevates that pick. So I'm giving that. I think Zach clearly wins that award. See, I disagree. I actually think that it's Brian, uh, Brian picked Tony Pollard, which at the time seemed kind of dumb because it felt like, you know, you already have Zeke. He's just going to be the backup. Then Zeke turned down his contract offer. And now Tony Pollard might actually be the starting running back there. And it kind of locks in the fact that Brian's going to get points out of the Cowboys who are going to have to run the ball. So I think that Brian kind of locks it down by handcuffing Tony Pollard before Zeke even turned down the contract. I think that James Conner has ruined, has broken everybody because Le'Veon Bell holds out and James Conner comes in and is basically as good. In some statistics, was better than Le'Veon Bell. Um, I there's a couple things going for the the Steelers. That's why that happened. Yeah. I do not think Tony Pollard will be able to recreate the same results. That's why I think it's great he handcuffed him. But I think I made this joke on draft night. Um. I'm sure Tony Pollard is going to have the exact same amount of points that Zeke did. I do not think he will. Um, that's a fair point. So that's, that's why I think. I think that's why I think it's Zach. I think that Zach got a legitimate starting running back for the whole the, season too. In, in the ninth round for the entire season. Okay, you know what? I'm going to fold on this one too. I will. I also don't want to give the guy who the award is named after the award two picks in a both, row both, both times. So yeah, we're gonna just we're not going to do that. Fuck you, Brian. We're going to give it to Zach. Okay. Uh, now, we're going to do one last award here, and that's going to be the Larry Fitzgerald Panic Award. And I don't even think that it's close. Um, this is just going to be the award for the person who panicked and took a guy way higher than he needed to. We could have done this with two different picks at Alex, but the one that is really glaring is Greg Zuerlein. In the seventh round, we literally tricked him into it by suggesting that someone would take him in the ninth and then the eighth, and then finally he took him in the seventh. So here's here's my thing with this. It, I he wasn't. I don't think he was panicking. I think this was just him being stupid. Like I think this is like, I think it was just him being dumb. Charlie, like, he was audibly panicking. What was he? Yeah, he was just like, oh god, I don't know if I. Oh, should I do it? Uh, uh take good Greg Zuerlein. See, I didn't take it like that. I thought he was just like, oh, this is like gotta get Greg Zuerlein. I'm gonna be like funny here because you know how Alex tries to be funny and hits the mark on like fifteen percent of the jokes that he that he says. I think that's generous. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was one of those. I actually think, like, I put the Bob Woods pick, like. Or something like, like I think that there's picks where that's my number two. where it was like like the Robert Woods where I was like, what are you picking him for? Like, just stop picking Rams guys, Alex. Like full like round ahead of where he probably would have gone. Yeah, so I'm going for the Bob Woods pick, but I understand the Zerline pick. If he was panicked, then it was the Zerline pick. I didn't take it like that, but so be it. It's, uh, uh, it's that either way. It's definitely Alex though. It's semantics, yeah. We're giving it to Alex. Alex walking away with a lot of hardware from this. So you got Alex has the Alex Avila Best Dressed Award and the Larry Fitzgerald Panic Award. And Zach awarded with the who won the – the Brian Easterling, 
who won the draft awards. So congrats to all those guys. Really proud of you. Uh, you're doing great. You're doing great work. Keep it up. All right. Now we're going to move on, Charlie, to uh, our next segment, which Chuck has uh, you, you've decided to name Paris's Arrow. But before we begin, we're going to give you all a second to figure out exactly what that name means. Reminder, the name of the segment is Paris's Arrow. Okay. Now, Chuck, what would you say about those members of the league who could figure that one out? So here's the thing. I think it's very obvious what this is supposed to mean. Um, instead of your Achilles heel, we all know what killed Achilles by hitting him in the heel. It was the arrow shot by none other than Troy's own Paris. And so to be in order, in, you know, to avoid being cliche here, it's Paris' arrow. What is the thing that will take out your team? It's basically the same thing, but our name is cooler. And like if you the reciprocal. Yeah, and if you couldn't figure that out, then you're an intellectual dumbass. Yeah, and that is true. Well, that's great. And now that we have proven our mental superiority, Charlie, over all those plebeians, uh, this segment is just going to be Chuck and I, obviously determining each team's biggest question mark or weakness uh, now that the draft is over. So, uh, Chuck, you know what? Uh, I'll lead off. You can back clean up since this was your idea. Uh, and we'll go in draft order again just for the sake of, you know, being consistent. Mm-hmm. So, Brian. Brian's is pretty clear. Uh, will Zeke play? That's just the biggest question mark that I think there is. Yes, uh, I agree. That's the biggest question mark. His biggest, so assuming Zeke plays, his biggest, like, you know, weakness, I think will be the Minnesota Vikings. He's got a lot of yeah. faith in the Vikings. And if they're not good, if they have, like a, like I said, like a Rams year from a couple years ago where they're just not good, like, Brian shit out of luck, I think. From you that go point. heavy on them a little bit. Yes. So like I said, it, it's obviously Zeke his biggest question mark, but I think his if he wanted to point to a weakness with the assumption that Zeke was going to play, it's the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Yeah, and no, I will accept that. I think that's a fair, fair estimation. Okay, moving on. Uh, we're going to get to Zach here. We mentioned this a little bit before, but I'm going to take uh, Zach's biggest question mark is going to be Will Cup be any semblance of his old self? He's coming back off of a torn ACL, and I think he had a sprained MCL before that. Those are big injuries, uh, and you know most of Cooper Cup's abilities come off of his ability to cut quickly, get open. He's not a burner, so I, you know, I have question marks about that. So uh, yeah, I think it's Cooper Cup. I mean, I, I took a little more generic. There. I just said his wide receivers. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't really you love. Know. Any of them? Like I said, Keenan Allen was great. I think he was good, but we'll see if he's a second-round pick. After that, I think he's got a lot of question marks. So so I'm just saying wide receiver depth is going to be both his biggest question mark and also his potential weakness. weakness. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're on the same vein there, though. We're on the same vein. Okay, Uh, next up we're going to do some Paul. Uh, Weaknesses for Paul, I'm saying running back in general. Kamara obviously is going to carry the torch and be great for him. But after that, Damian Williams might not wind up actually being the chief starting running back. Marlon Mack is now on a team that does not have uh, Andrew Luck on it. Philip Lindsay played pretty well, but who knows if he's going to be consistent in that. Austin Eckler could be it, but if Melvin Gordon comes back, then that's just completely a wash. So that's uh, To me, that's Paul's weakness here. 
Um, in a similar vein, I, I said the Indianapolis Colts because Paul's okay. obviously got got two big Colts who he was planning on, you know, making significant contributions to his team. Outside of that, um, I think I think it's the Colts, and I think his biggest question mark is Mike Evans here at receiver. Mike Evans, incredible talent. I'm not denying the pick at all. I would have probably taken Mike Evans there, but the Bucks. Like I, said, I think the Bucks are going to be bad. You really never know with Winston. Yeah, can he get um, him the ball? Yeah, and like I said, Winston gets hurt like all the time, or or sucks, and he gets benched, and they don't have Fitz Magic anymore. So I gave it. Yeah, so so his weakness I think will be the Colts' uh, biggest question mark, Mike Evans. Okay, that's I, I think that's fair. Okay, speaking of Mike's, we're gonna get to Mike here, and I I don't have any doubt about Mike's biggest question mark here, and that is if Mike wins the league this year. Will we put his name on the trophy, or will we put just auto draft? We're putting the the 2019 Norwich Football League bylaws on the <laughs> that is that is what determined Mike's picks, and maybe an honorable mention to ESPN for yes. ranking the players the way that they did. We'll get seven plaques on the side of the trophy <laughs> to spell out all the stuff that we need for Mike for Mike to win. None of them are Mike either, not a single one. If we do put Mike's name on there, it would come with the biggest asterisk. asterisk that I can actually think of. I think we spell it wrong too. <laughs> How do you, there's so few letters. I know. We spell it wrong. Put a okay. C in there instead. <laughs> Mice. Oh, M I C. Okay. I'm yeah. with you. I, I think that could work. Yeah. Maybe M I C A N G. That could work. We'll, we'll put, we'll table that. Well, yes. I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll put it on a shelf. Talk about it later. Okay. Uh, Alex, Alex is, um, Biggest weakness, I think, is going to be at running back because he drafted Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon, and both of those guys are just completely steeped in mystery. I, I have no idea if either of them is going to be good or if they will even play the entirety of the season. Melvin Gordon might not play a snap this season. So, yeah, I think that's a huge weakness. For yeah, me. I agree. That's, that's, that's Alex's. I think it's his biggest question mark. But it's just, I really like the Mark Ingram pick. Um to kind of something like that. I think his biggest weakness is going to be his receivers. Outside of Michael Thomas, I don't really like any of Alex's receivers. I think Bob Woods the truth. decent, but like... But wide receiver too? Like, Bob Woods is a great flex guy, but is he wide receiver too, though? Uh, I think he could be. Emmanuel Sanders allegedly is healthy again. Uh, Corey Davis isn't going to be good. I think, I, personally, I think the Broncos are going to suck this oh, year. Oh, they will. Um, but my, my thing is I, looking at it, if those two guys don't play, if Gurley and Gordon are out, his starting running back core is going to be Ingram and Naheem Hines, which don't get me wrong. Mark Ingram's going to be good. Mark Ingram. I don't think though is going to be any better than a running back too. And Hines isn't even a flex guy. He's the backup that's running back on the Colts. That's fair. That's just, that's too much to overcome in my mind. So for that, I think it's got to be the running backs. But I can agree with that. In summary, we're saying that your team sucks, Alex, because the running backs and the wide receivers are question marks. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay, now on to Ben. Uh, I think Ben's big question mark is David Montgomery because he is a rookie. He might be able to step up this year, but uh, that's far from a given. 
and he's going to need him to step up because Chris Carson is going to be buried in the backfield of the Seahawks who love to rotate like six guys in and out of there. So, yeah, I think it's got to be David Montgomery and his ability to actually be like a running back too. Again, I think it's a little more general. I think his biggest weakness and question mark is just going to be, I just said running backs. Like yeah. I said, I don't, I think the Bengals are going to be bad. I don't like any of his running back particularly. Like I think Joe Mixon will be like, okay, but I don't like, any of them like super well. Um, I think that could be a huge problem for him. Wait, luckily though, we've got Tyree kill. He's got digs. He's got guys that he could possibly pan out receiver to make moves with. So yeah, all is not lost for Ben, but I don't think he's got any running backs worth diddly poo. It is. It is tough. Uh, okay. Now on a con, I think Charlie, you brought this up before, so I'll, I'll get it out of the way. It's, his biggest question mark for me is, will James White be like what he was last year in the Patriots offense? It is so difficult to tell with Brady and Belichick. There's so much rotation in there. Who's going to be the guy? Who's going to be that outlet guy that's going to get a lot of catches uh, You know, when Brady gets pressured? And then also there's the fact that, look, in I looked back at this. In 2017, he was putting up about eight points a game, which is okay, but definitely not, uh, you know, you're running back, what would it call him, draft him to be? He'd be his flex guy, probably. Flex, running back three, flex, yeah. Yeah, uh, and he'd have to make up for some points because Colin doesn't really have a wide receiver, too. Uh, and he jumped up to 15 points a game last year. That's a big jump, but I don't know if he's going to stay at that 15 points a game, is my concern. That's the thing with the Patriots, is they could have, you know, is it, is it James White? They could have, like, you know, Michael Black on their team, who's all of a sudden, like, just their guy. The, their guy now. Um, so I was kind of similar. I said Colin's biggest question mark to me is comes in to play into play later, but it's Nick Chubb. You know, what exactly does he look like down mm-hmm. the stretch? And then uh to me his biggest weakness will be kind of his receivers. Um he's got DeAndre Hopkins, outstanding, but really no wide receiver two after that. I like Lockett, I've always kind of liked Lockett. But people are just out on the Seahawks this year. You know, there's there's just this sentiment that, like, oh, Seahawks kind of be bad. They'll be carried by the defense again. I was like, okay, well, let's see. Um, so I said, yeah, so that's what I got for him. It's Lockett is interesting to me because Lockett last year was a big touchdown guy. And those guys, historically, it's kind of difficult to replicate. You know, you're not necessarily going to make all those deep plays consecutive years, you know? So now, I think what, you're right. He has some upside, though. One thing that is interesting, and like I said, you don't know how this is going to play out, but you know, Doug Baldwin was their slot guy. He is gone last year. Is gone. Lockett moves over into the slot this year. That could be awesome. Could be nothing. You know. So we will, we will see. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to me. This one's pretty obvious. We've discussed it at length. Leonard Fournette's legs are a big yeah. question mark slash weakness. I, I, slash I, have the, I have the same thing. He missed eight games last season. So, I mean, I need him to do better than that. Obviously, took, taking a guy in the third round, you're hoping he's going to be an every week starter. So, yeah, that's that's a big question mark out of me. Yeah, I have the same thing. For natural question mark, your weakness. I Similar to Colin, great wide receiver one. I think you've got questions and possible flaws at every other receiver spot. Right. Um, so I think that could be that can come back to bite you later in the year. But yeah, I kind of agree with your takes on your team. Okay. Well, simple enough. Uh, all right, Chuck. Let's do you here. Uh, for you, actually, I had a similar 
uh, weakness slash question mark for you that you had for me. I think you have big question marks after Julio Jones, a wide receiver. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, like you said, is going to be wide receiver one, but he historically has not played like it in the past couple years, even though he was that. Sean Jackson's back in Philly. Maybe that moves things around a little bit. So, uh, And Amari Cooper, to me, has uh, he's just been so inconsistent in his career. So, uh, yeah, I think wide receiver is definitely your big, I don't know what's going to happen there, position. Yeah, if I if I had a... Uh... My so to me, my biggest question mark is kind of similar. Is what do these receivers kind of look like down the stretch? My weakness will be if if one of my running backs gets hurt, I have got nobody to put in the lineup that I have any confidence in. Yeah. Um, the more I read about Lashawn McCoy, the worse I feel. <laughs> um, yeah. My one saving grace is that Peyton Barber is the starter right now in Tampa, but this is again the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But like I said, I I've got enough guys that could pan out at receiver where I'll have the depth to make a move down the road to get a running back. Or like I said, you know, th- there will be guys week one and two on the waiver wire that all of a sudden are the starting running backs for their teams. So yeah. th- those guys are off. So I think, I, I think I definitely have holes or questions or possible weaknesses, but I think that there's avenues for me to fill all those, all those problems. So are you banking on losing week one then try to get a good waiver position? No, because I mean, it's it's not like they're. Oh my god, it's not like you need. There's it, one. There's one guy. Like holy shit, this is the guy. We don't have Alvin Kamara or Devontae Freeman, circa 2017 and 15, 16, right? 16, whatever 15, whatever. On on waivers, all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, last one. Uh, let's push through, Gary. Uh, I'm giving the big question mark to Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry, I, I was looking through his stats. He has four games of fifteen plus points last year, only four. But uh, he had like, but he had like a thousand in, in yeah, the one game. He had game. seventy points between two games, but only four games. So he won. He won the people who had of those two games. Every other week, he was pretty fit. Which also was uh, the first one was week one of the playoffs. So he he may have won like a couple fantasy people. league. Like yeah. he may have won a couple fantasy leagues because of that, because of those because two of games the, in a row. Yeah, he had like yeah. he had forty seven and like thirty one or something like that. Like like if, like if you have Henry and he drops forty, you probably just you won that game. game. You yeah. won the game. There's no other way around it. He had four touchdowns in one game, but and, and, a, and, that, and that's a ninety in a ninety five yard run or whatever yeah. it was. But that's all well and good. But he only has ten games in his whole career of fifteen or more points. That is Ooh, not good whoa. for a guy who's been in the league for three years. He is not very heavily involved in the passing game. I think last year I looked, he had like 15 catches for the whole year. That's just not enough. So I, he might not even be the starting running back the whole year. So to take him in the third round, I think is making a big investment in a guy that I just don't know that he's actually going to be good. Yeah, I agree. He is by far and away the biggest question mark. Um, I think Gary's biggest weakness is that I said this, I think I might have said this before, mm-hmm. but if one guy in his starting lineup gets hurt, yeah, he he has got nothing to put in. I don't know what his lineup looks like if if one guy forbid two of these guys get hurt or or have D. D. Westbrook or or have buys. You know yeah. how that happens sometimes. It tends to, but yeah. Listen, if Zacherts goes down, he is ready. This is fair. He has the backup tight end ready to go. 
Dear God. In the seventh round, too. Uh, That's the thing. Not only did he take a backup, he took a backup like five Five. rounds before a backup needs to be taken. He could have gotten Eric Ebron, probably, out from under you in like the tenth. And we and we are forgetting. Um, maybe he'll play him as his flex. Maybe he's a flex. You know, he could. That's true. And if that's what he's going to go with, that it's feasible. But I don't have faith in it. And I just disagree okay. with it from a planning perspective. But you know, to each their own. I'm, I'll be happy to beat Gary later in the season. Yeah. Okay, Chuck. Well, that'll about do it for us. Uh, do you have anything else to share with the people before we we head out? Um. Just hit me up on that trade, on that trade, on that trade. Hit me up for 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 any trades. I'm like a crack addict. I'm like can't even say it. I'm like so excited. Are you just like, scratching yourself over there. Like like, like maybe, maybe somebody will send me a trade tonight or tomorrow <laughs> when they the hear chase. this. Like like maybe 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 I'm gonna trade. So yeah, just hit me up for hit me up for trades. I'm uh, everyone is is available. I'll put it out there right now. Everyone can be worked into a trade somehow. So, folks, I just want to note that anyone who sends Charlie a trade is an enabler officially uh that being said i'm probably gonna do it i'm gonna test the waters you know you never know (laughs) okay well all right then uh that'll do it for chuck and i remember to set your lineups and pick up a kicker in defense if you didn't cough cough colin brian we're gonna see you guys back here next week for our week one preview pod but until then peace
nice job on your butthole God damn girl I wanna get up in that Ooh, I wanna take a little sniff Uh, it smells like poopy